for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. And as as always, thank you for the emails. Uh, I, uh, I took part in a podcast recording earlier today. Some, uh, some Dutch guys are over... Uh, over in South Africa uh, from, well, obviously from the Netherlands. And uh, we went uh, and did the recording at my friend, Farmer Angus's farm. Oh man, what a beautiful, beautiful day. It has been 28 degrees Celsius. It was a little bit hotter when we recorded. And uh, I think we must have chatted for about two hours or more. It was such a pleasure, man. Sometimes it's really great living in the African wilderness, I can tell you that. Uh, all right, uh, jump into the the live chat, and uh, if you are watching via one of the video feeds, it's a great pleasure to have you here. And uh, Alex and uh, myself and Joel will be with you for the next hour. All right, let's do this. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about, and that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. John O'Sullivan, are you a man? <laughs> I'd like to think so, Jeremy. Yeah, if you count the chromosomes, I, I think I'm, I'm, I've got the XY thing going. Um, we had this joke before, didn't we? You said to me, what, what do you yeah. look for in a woman? And I said, two X chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you should no, say I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I um, hired uh, a new assistant uh, earlier this week um, from the Philippines and um, you know, she was saying to me that uh, she, she admitted to me that I did. I had no idea, Jeremy. I had no idea that, that she is actually what you call a lady boy. But I had no idea. Um, but very, very good. Technically, very good. And the Filipinos are so polite, so very pleasant to work with. And uh, yeah, she's helping me with my social media stuff now, as you know, because we, we've gone video, full video. I needed help because I'm not very good at video editing. So I went yeah. on to Fiverr, you know, look, Fiverr to try and find somebody who did that kind of thing. And uh, she was the best candidate. So we, we hired her. It's such a good idea. Everything's video now, Jeremy. At Principia Scientific, I started 14 years ago and we were just posting written articles. Everything was just two, three thousand word articles, hardly any images as such, any graphs. But today, most of what we publish kind of have to have a video element. It's like a, people's attention span is so short in the TikTok generation. It's like 30 seconds a minute. It's a soundbite, isn't it? It's something that uh, I'm, I'm learning to work with. Can't say I, I love it, but, but it's the way of the world, isn't it? Mm. Are you saying you're a digital nomad? Yeah, I'm going that way. Just before we went on air, I said to you, I, I never heard of that concept till this past week. Um, friends have been saying to me, uh, have you heard of the concept of digital nomad? They said, John, you, all your work is now on the on the internet. I'm no longer a school teacher. I'm no longer here with a family to worry about. And I'm um, effectively a single guy. And uh, yeah, I was looking at these uh, ideas of spending, our winters, as you know, are appalling, Jeremy. We have very dark, bleak winters. The climate and the economy here is a nightmare. As you know, everything's so expensive. Inflation's going through the roof. Services are collapsing. Uh, government overreach you feel like you're living in a dictatorship i think it's worth a try I, I definitely like the idea of going away for the winters maybe have two or three winters maybe in the philippines or even thailand 
Um, Brian Boletic, um, you know Brian Boletic, great guy. Yeah. He did that did himself, didn't he? He lives in Bangkok. Uh, I love his channel. He does wonderful work on, on the Ukraine war and everything else. And I thought, you know, I could do that, Jeremy. I thought that is the kind of thing that I looked at the costs of it. You know, literally your, your income, if my UK income go, would go four times further than it does here in, in the UK. It, it's a kind of a no brainer because the weather here is, is crap. Um, when I was a young man, we had a problem called the uh, the brain drain, where taxes were so high in the 1970s, people were emigrating from the UK, mainly to Australia and America, and so forth. And uh, we called it the brain drain because all the best and brightest talent was leaving the country. And they realized they had to modify the tax system. So they kind of brought that back down and made it more reasonable. And, you know, that kind of evened itself out. But I think it's going that way again now. And I think people like myself, like yourself, who have you know, the the drive, the, the wherewithal and the opportunity to work as a, an international worker, professional, it's it's worth trying. Mm. Um, I was going to say something now and I completely forgot, but uh, you're talking about uh, uh, being able to work online. Uh, one of the things that I love about technology is exactly that, uh, is that you, you can do this. I mean, just listen, listen, think about what you and I are doing right now, okay? You got Alex and Joel. They're they're sitting in Australia. You're sitting in the UK, and I'm sitting at the bottom tip of Africa, and we are all doing a radio show. This could never have happened with any with any sense of uh, I suppose low budget. Uh, I mean, I you, you can do this with a high budget, obviously, but even with a low budget, you can do this today. We couldn't have done this 20 years ago. No, it couldn't be done, Jeremy. And the beauty of it mm. now is that um, it, it's a market forces drive everything. Um, I employed a lot of North Americans. I mean, I, I, I have I run a micro entity, Principia Scientific, effectively, is called a micro entity company, which means we have under 100 employees. We, we don't make a huge income, um, and for that reason, you know, we are very flexible. We can't, we don't pay permanent salaries. We can't afford to pay permanent salaries. So everybody who works for us, effectively, is a contractor. Uh, most are part timers. And they like that, you know, they, they like that freedom. Again, I, I, the, the nine to five grind of my previous career as a school teacher, you know, it was just mind numbingly boring and repetitive. Um, but as you know, the work we do, we're very, very lucky. We're very gifted to work for TNT Radio. It gives us a lot of freedom. You know, Mike Ryan and Jennifer Squires are very good employers. And uh, I, I feel we've got uh, kind of freedom to explore the truth, you know, and, you don't get that in the mainstream media. If you work for the BBC, you work into like a set of rules. You know, you, you don't feel that here at TNT. Speaking of which, looking for the truth, did you see the ICJ? Um, they made a ruling earlier. Um, I'll basic. If you didn't, if you don't know about it, I'll give you the summary. Basically, the ICG, ICG, the ICJ ruled that Israel must stop sending mean tweets. <laughs> Well, it's very hateful, as we know. What what's going on in Gaza is genocide, and I, I follow it. And I, I still have having issues, Jeremy, with people who just don't want to get their head around the fact that uh, Israel, as the most effective propaganda machine, just like Ukraine, incredibly good at mm. propaganda. Um, and these wars are being fought on the wrong side. We, we're all our, you know, I, I feel very, very bad that everybody around me just naturally buys into the concept that something kicked off on October the 7th and Israel is defending itself. 
And I, you know, even a basic reading of the of the whole thing, you understand that Israel is is the occupier, and it's something that I, being Irish, Jeremy, my my whole family history know this. You know, the British occupied my country, and uh, Irish and people mine. get it, uh, South Africans get it. You know, but and a lot of the indigenous the British, the my, British also occupied <laughs> occupied my country for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I. Again, it's weird when you're half and half, you know, I am British by nationality and I'm proud to be British, Jeremy, but I'm also very proud to have an Irish heritage. It's a good mm. thing, I think, because it kind of it's kind of sews everything together a bit. It creates kind of a, you know, a cross-cultural platform that you wouldn't otherwise mm. get. You know, I think this is the thing. It's not forced. You know, it, it's, come from, it's coming from family. Like, I grew up, my teaching career was all about multicultural teaching and we had to teach this. And you had to expect differences. And what happened is, Jeremy, there's like enclaves in the UK, mainly Muslim en enclaves. I'm talking about uh, the, the Indian, well, not so much in Pakistani uh, enclaves in, in cities like Leicester. I lived in Leicestershire and a uh, very strong Indian and, and Pakistan community. Lovely people, you know, great people. But the problem is uh, there's an element within that community that want to bring in Sharia law. And... Uh, it's not going to work because the problem is it doesn't sit very neatly with our values. And again, if I went to their country, I respect their values. Uh, you know, as they say, as in Rome, do as the Romans. We're so polite here in the UK, Jeremy. We just kind of, uh, kind of accommodate everybody, and I'm not sure we should do that. It's to, it's to the extreme. Oh, no, we're, now. we we South Africans are not very polite. We just take you to court. We're not happy with your <laughs> with your behaviour. Exactly. And that International Court of Justice <laughs> is a good platform. People are, are looking at it. You know, it's um, I, I think it's it's one of the steps. No, the come on. Have to jump through. Come on, John. It's not a good platform. It's the UN, man. They've got no teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at it. Where else can you get a platform, an international platform? There, there are no other platforms. I mean, I look at the uh, the. Mm. If you look at the um, Nuremberg 2.0 trials, the, uh, the uh, Rainer, Dr. Rainer Fulmeck, who led that campaign to try and bring about common law trials of all these corrupt criminals from Big Pharma. Um, again, you know, the, the great and the good in the law communities, in medicine, wanted to form this international online open access uh, discussion, structured like a legal court of law, where objective evidence is presented. And it was a wonderful concept. And I think we might go back to common law ways of doing it. Um, but unfortunately, Rainer Fulmack is now in jail. Um, an international lawyer who helped bring down VW Audi for their emissions scandal, the emissions testing scandal, mm. that as you probably remember. It, somebody of that eminence, you know, a real high-flying international lawyer like that is now sitting rotting in jail in Germany for a trumped-up charge. They, that, that's what they do. And it's, you know, we're always fighting an asymmetrical warfare here, Jeremy, aren't we? Asymmetrical warfare. The, the new war is the war of information. Um, there's a hot war going on, obviously, in Israel and, you know, in Ukraine and places like that. But I think 90% of the real war is in the hearts and minds of people. Um, yes, actually, that's a very good point, John. Um, we, were, we were actually chatting a little bit about that earlier um, in this podcast recording that I did today. And um, I think one of the, one of the, uh, the, the underlying themes was the idea that victimhood culture dominates and it dominates even people on our side. Because if, if you wake up with the mentality that you are always losing to 
them, the oligarchs, the elites, you know, they are always one step ahead. They are always ahead of the game. Well, this, this to me is a defeatist attitude and it's demonstrably false also. You know, all you got to do is just change your environment for a bit. Go on holiday, go to another country or city or whatever. Go and see that actually they don't have full control over everything because of human nature. People have the power to push back. They just sometimes fall into this trap of thinking that they're always weak. Um, and I, I just wish that that, that that mindset could be eradicated from, from a lot more people. Yeah, I think the sense of um, despair that most people have is a construct because it, we're, most of us have been unaware of the kind of insidious brainwashing going on in the background, yeah. watching TV yeah. and radio. It makes you feel powerless. And again, the idea of fragmenting the family, I, I've seen it having been a government worker for 20 years that uh, it's very impersonal and you feel very isolated. And again, we've detached families. You know, we don't really welcome parents coming into schools. There's a kind of more of a, a growing divide between children and parents. You know, the, the biggest outrage at the moment, especially in America, is the idea of um, the, the transgender thing, where children can come to school and ask to be reassigned, gender reassignment. And the schools have no obligation to tell the parents. And I, I find that shocking. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen is it Matt, Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? Uh, very funny. He goes around the world asking, asking people, what is a woman? And uh, in most Western countries, they stumble and falter and spend a long time trying to answer the question, what is a woman? <laughs> and then he, he, he comes to the African continent. And I think, he, I think it's, I think he goes to Kenya <laughs> and he goes to one of the, one of the traditional tribes. Then he asks, he asks them with the translator, you know, what is a woman? And he just starts laughing and he points to the woman. <laughs> yeah. wow. We, we're a lot more based still on this on this continent yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you're not afraid of repercussions you, you, know, I, you know here you can get arrested for going into a gym and going up to a woman and it, it's called cold approach you go talk to a woman you say Hi, yes I, it, I can't believe it you can get arrested for that now here it's unreal john um yeah. i remember when my <laughs> when my wife and i were in amsterdam a few months ago uh we we went to one of these uh little gimmicky gimmicky studio things where the guy dresses you up, um, puts a wig on and, and you end up looking all vintage and he takes a photograph. It's like a studio photograph. It's just for fun. It's one of those touristy things that we decided to do. And so we've got one of these photographs on our fridge. But what was so funny <laughs> was he needed to move my wife's hair uh, away from her ear. But before he did that, he, he said, listen, I've, listen, we have laws here. I have to first ask your permission. Can I move your hair <laughs> away from your ear? And we just both started laughing. I mean, I've never in my life, John, <laughs> experienced that where somebody asks yeah. for permission to, to move your hair out the way. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, um, you might have remembered the, the uh, World Soccer Championships, the Women's World Soccer Championships last year, last year, the year before where they, I think Spain won it. And uh, when they were giving the prizes, the Spanish football representative made the awful mistake of kissing the, the, the female soccer player. And again, it became an outrage. You know, it's like, oh, shocking. And he lost his job. Now, you can argue the point, maybe in the heat of the moment, you know, it was all part of the... That would never have happened 
10 years ago, would it? It would not have been mm. an issue even 10 years ago because you just accept context is everything. It'd be different mm. if it was a guy going up to somebody in the street grabbing them. But again, cut the guy some slack. You know, they just won the World Cup or whatever. And uh, it was a major achievement. And yet the guy lost his job. Yeah. John, I'm sorry it to say. destroys the whole thing. I'm sorry to say, and I know this is... It was a major achievement. And yet the guy lost his job. Yeah. John, I'm sorry it to say. destroys the whole thing. I'm sorry to say, and I know this is going to burst a lot of people's bubbles, but we are to blame. Matthias Desmet is right. We are to blame. The reason why this nonsense happens is because we allow it. We just uh, yeah. want to keep pointing figures and say, oh, look what they're doing. Well, no, just say no. Why yeah. won't people say no? Conformity, the sheep, the sheep mentality, follow the herd. Uh, we saw it. I think the powers that be, they, the, the reason they brought in the masking policy during the pandemic was it's an easy visual, visual uh, yardstick of who complies and doesn't comply. Because again, they've got access to all the CCTV screens. You're going in shops and all through the streets, especially here in the UK, and they can mm. concede that you've got ninety percent compliance with this stupid mask mandate. So again, that you kind of extrapolate that into other. You know, dystopian measures yeah. and, and people will by and large you know toe the line do as they're told it's so awful you know you can't protect your freedoms by always giving in to government exactly right uh john o'sullivan don't go anywhere my name is jim this is tnt tnt's darren denslow yeah i'm talking about the illness actually that has done has been doing the rhymes not have we only seen a uh, a mass influx of people waving their covid tests online look i got a red line it's like oh my god people still testing or people you know trying to encourage others to wear their masks um but there has been a talk of a dry cough there have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that uh, have you been suffering from you know a bit of cough and flu or cold or covid well, Darren, I, covid I, I just I just did my eighth test oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. John, when I was uh, doing this Dutch 
podcast earlier today, um, one of the one of the things that they were saying to me is that uh, they they're very keen on moving to South Africa for a little bit, you know, just to experience a different uh, different climate, uh, metaphorically speaking. Also, yeah. uh, they were saying that uh, they're really not enjoying where Europe is going, and um, he was saying to me that um, being in South Africa. Um, it's very difficult to explain uh, because it's it's very chaotic and, and broken and disjointed. And he said, yet there's something very appealing about it. And, I, and my response to him was, well, the reason is I'm certainly not flying the flag for Africa. But because I love you, I do know my way around and I do know how, how it works. Mm. And it is difficult to explain if you if you don't come from here. But the point is that as we get closer to the agenda 2030 sustainable development goals. One thing that is becoming very clear to me is that the the elites, the oligarchs, are not really going to succeed in many African countries. Uh, they will succeed in, in in Holland and in Canada and much of Europe because everything is centralized and w already works very well. But but when you're coming to a place like where I am, when there's such a deep suspicion of the state and people are just completely chaotic uh, and unruly. <laughs> There's a weird sense of, of freedom in that. Uh, and um, by the way, you, you must actually come over and uh, come experience it for yourself. I know, I wanted to. I, I was trying to arrange something. Uh, it's, it's just getting the time and, and making it work. I mean, again, I think it's a major kind of readjustment. Because um, mm. the, the idea of a digital nomad, is, it's, I've bought into that idea and I really liked the idea of trying it at the very minimum, you know, take time out in the winter get away from the uk winters which are like long and bleak and, and very dreary and come and visit you and I, again you know go go to different parts of the world and, and learn it's educational you know they say travel broadens the mind and i think it will do and like you're saying um there's something that, that's, that your, your culture kind of links in some ways within the american culture a bit more because again there's a a deeper distrust of government you, you haven't had wholesale banning of arms like we have in the uk we're completely regimented in the uk we're completely compliant and you know and i think there's the, the american mindset especially you know in the west you know the, the texas places like that where they very much will hold tight to their gun ownership rights I think it's, it's very aligned with your kind of mindset where you're talking about sufficiency. You know, again, if, if you have less government, you tend to have to be more sufficient, more independent and more resourceful. And again, you look at your family, yeah. look at your friends and you have to work as a small team. And here in the UK, we've lost that. We we have all these memberships of different clubs and things like I have, I have breakdown contracts. I have, you know, home repair contracts. If I need a plumber, I don't call a friend. I go on the computer and somebody, some machine somewhere will send me somebody to do the job. You know, you lost that word of mouth connection, you know, where, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, everybody knew a plumber, a tradesman or somebody who you could trust. But now we have things like Trustpilot. You go and do your research on Amazon. You you, you trust a computer. And again, they, they say the computer never lies, Jeremy, but I, I think it does. <laughs> My uh, well, suspicion it certainly is it does. does lie. Yeah. It does lie. You can, you can easily catch our chat, chat GPT. Yeah, funny you say that. Um, yeah, well, there's a new one. The Gab, the Gab has launched its uh, a version of AI, and uh, my co-host on Sky Dragon saying Joe Posma, he, he's done a test. He's compared them, uh, and again, he says they're both crap. 
Um, again, it's gigo, garbage in, garbage out. People really do buy into the nonsense idea that these supercomputers are somehow sentient and they're, they're independent of their programmers. They're not. They're effectively just a machine. They're programmed. They're, they're rigged to com you know, comply with their master. And the clever thing mm -hmm. is, I think, is that uh, it gives the, the master, the creator, a sense of detachment. Because when things go bad, they just blame the computer. You know, where before accountability stopped with the, the employer or the, somebody who was pulling the, press, pressing the buttons, now they can say, oh, well, the computer said it. We just trust the computer. That's exactly what we've got now in the yeah. climate debate. Yeah. It's exactly the same with the climate debate. Blame the computers. The modeling is wrong. Gigo. <laughs> the entire climate thing, though, is based on computers. It's not based on science. No, it's not. It's based on flawed uh, methodology. It's also based on a pedagogy that mm. is completely biased towards the starting point in climate science is that humans uh, cause climate change and CO2 is a climate driver. Now, both those two premises are false. They don't exist in applied science. <clears throat> Anybody who I, I work, work with hard scientists who qualified in chemistry, who knew, knew everything about CO2, they'll, they'll tell you for a fact Carbon dioxide is the most efficient cooling mechanism that we have. It's used in industry, in refrigeration and air conditioning. And, and yet a climate scientist, if you talk to a climate scientist, they say in the atmosphere, it traps heat and delays cooling. There's no way it does that. You know, it's like in their computer model, it does it because they program it. Their matrix of junk science says that. But if you speak to somebody who works in industry, uh, who actually uses carbon dioxide, it, it doesn't do that at mm. all. The whole... The whole thing, the whole matrix is upside down. It's all inverted. Um, everything that they tell us, the opposite is true. I was thinking about this today, actually, John, that, you know, during, during the COVID thing, they told us to stay indoors. So what they were telling us is get out, get out of the sun. They told us to be, a, to stand far away from people. You know, uh, so in other words, they're telling us to fear, fear people. Uh, they were telling us to get an injection as opposed to, I don't know, adjusting your diet and eating healthier. Um, when you go out, oh, yes, another one. When you go outside, put on sunblock. Block the sun, John. Yeah, yeah, Block yeah, the yeah. sun. The sun, which is so important to, to your skin, now must be, be blocked because it's the enemy. Yeah. And also put on sunglasses. Don't let the sunshine yeah. go into your eyes because, yeah. you know, it's dangerous. Like everything they tell us, the opposite is true. Uh, attached to that very point, Jeremy, is LED lighting. I've got uh, a world-leading expert on my show tomorrow, Sky Dragon, saying, a Dr. Nisa Khan. Uh, she earned millions of dollars a year working for Bell, AT&T, as an LED lighting expert. And uh, she actually became a whistleblower because she was so disturbed by the lack of health and safety checking on LED lights that her conscience wouldn't allow her to take a big, fat paycheck and hide the truth that how harmful LED lighting is. And uh, she said, in, in effect, LED lighting is as cancerous, causing ca cancers as heavy smoking. Like, it, it, the, more, the more heavy you smoke, the more risk you have of getting cancer. She said it's very similar to having LED lights in your home or LED lights in cars. If you're, if you're exposing yourself to these very, very powerful, unnatural lights, the, apparently the rays, the, 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 the photons are actually parallel and there's no light in nature that's parallel. The light from the sun is, scatters, it diffuses, but LED light is unique. It, it's a focused, intense beam, more intense than the laser beam, Jeremy. Um, and again, I've 
people, there was a BBC uh, documentary on uh, the other week, Jeremy Vines, the, the guy on BBC, uh, he's now aware of it. And we were saying this on my show on, on TNT a year ago. Nisa Khan was on my show a year ago saying this, Jeremy, but the mainstream don't want to admit it. It's, it's a scandal. Did, did you say LED? Yeah, light emitting diode, LED. No. Okay, John, listen, I have to turn off. I've got to turn off my light. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I have LED lights here too. Um, but I are taking the precaution of pointing them away from me. Um, again, it's like if you're in a room with all heavy smokers, if the doors are, and windows are shut, mm. you can see the heavy smoke, then you, you, you kind of know intuitively that's not healthy. And I think... It's, exactly. Yes, exactly. You, that's, you hit the nail on the head intuitively. You know, this is this thing. Sorry for interrupting, but Gavin DeBecker, uh, who was on my show quite a while back, actually, uh, great, great thinker, uh, he... He said to me, sorry, do you know who Grand Becker is? He, he wrote yeah. the book, uh, the, the Gift of Fear. And he argues that your intuition, your gut feeling for a lot of things is actually accurate and something that people should stop suppressing. Yeah. I, I know the concept and I'm actually warming to mm. that concept because it's something that I've become more aware of because um, yeah, my, myself, Jeremy, I'm, I'm not a specialist in all these different sciences. I'm not actually tra a trained scientist. I'm self-taught. Um, I had to retrain it as a teacher. My teaching background was a design teacher. And during the time when computers were coming into schools, and I went on courses. And again, it, you, as you say, you have to use your intuition. And I followed my intuition. And I've been self-teaching myself for the past 20 or 30 years on, on, these, on this technology. And you have to, Jeremy. You have to listen to your gut. And my gut was telling me to follow that path. And I kind of instinctively knew that the future was the internet and to keep self, you know, self learning. And I think that's why homeschooling now is really taking off because parents kind of know that the kind of crap that get being taught at schools today is absolutely useless. And I used to feel guilty. I feel quite ashamed at the nonsense we used to teach schools. And uh, I, I do feel homeschooling is going to be a big antidote for the brainwashing of government. I am a big fan of homeschooling. I think that normal well firstly public schooling is basically just an indoctrination camp you know john pink floyd they were ahead of the game weren't they yeah 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 I, when that album came out uh yeah. you know uh, another brick in the wall i actually was quite resentful because i thought oh, i used to love pink floyd but that album i yeah. couldn't buy it i couldn't listen to it because i felt you're attacking me me as an educator um, yeah. I, it was right cognitive dissonance, Jeremy, and, I, and I, it took me like a few years to realize. Yeah, you know what? I am part of the system. I am spoon feeding these children with garbage, and I think my conscience eventually got the better of me. Just like with Dr. Nisa Khan, you, you can profit from it. And I'm hoping a lot of these climate scientists have a conscience. A lot of these people in the medical profession, if they wake up and have a conscience and realize, you in your soul, in your heart, you know, your instincts tell you that peddling this government narrative is so self-destructive it's very mm. hard to live with yourself how how can you eat what how, how can you eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat yeah 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 we, we i used to tell children um children would say to me uh what's the point of me learning pythagoras mr o'sullivan i will never use it in real life uh, what's the point of me learning about the geography of canada if i never go and visit canada and i said well yeah the system here is conditioning you to be conformist to just be a foot soldier for the system uh 
it's funny you say that because one of the jokes when I was growing up uh, is that Americans didn't learn about anything outside of America, which which is where a lot of the jokes, at least on, you know in South Africa, um, kind of came from with the about the Americans thinking that uh, you know wild animals walk in our streets and they don't know where South Africa is. And you know what was so funny was I actually experienced that. Uh, somebody asked me once upon listen to this. I kid you not. I was on a number of years ago. I was on some chat forum, and uh, they asked me where I was, where I'm from, and I said uh, South Africa. And they said, "Is that listen? I kid you not. Is that below or above New York?" <laughs> I have seen YouTube videos of the street reporters who go up and do the, like kind of the on the street IQ test, where they ask mainly young people, American young people. The basic questions like who fought in the american civil war um you know uh, and, it was uh, uh it was the japanese <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the basic questions like that you know uh, how many months in the year i mean really basic questions um and they by and large I, again it could be very clever editing jeremy but by and large people were coming out and quite proudly coming out with the most inane stupid answers and laughing about it, you know, as if it was something to be proud of. We're not what's kind that? Of... Uh, wait, 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 Alex. What's that? Uh, that that clip on YouTube with that? Uh, is it is it Miss is it Miss Miss California or something? Where she where she she gets asked that question. You must see. So you can find it during the break. Man, she she gets asked a question uh, for. She's a finalist or something. One of those pageants, and she says, "Well, uh, something about." She gets asked, "Why do so many Americans not?" have maps or something or do or i don't know what it is i can't remember let's have a look during the break it's the funniest clip and she completely and utterly botches her answer something along the lines of like uh, uh they must we must, the americans must help south africans because we don't have maps and all kinds of crazy things i think you'll just miss carolina or something uh we'll see if we can find it during the break but <laughs> it's it's just weird i do wonder I, okay let me rephrase it this is a result of the public education system so it's not the fault of miss america or uh or the or the school kids they don't know no. it's the fault of the system which which is clearly propagandizing and indoctrinating kids and and teenagers with very selected information I, I what uh, really upset me and again it's very trivial I know but I about five or six years ago I went in to do like an exam cover I mean I very rarely go and do any kind of teaching work but I was there was a shortage in, in the exam season and I had a phone call from a school could you please come in and invigilate an exam and I did I went to invigilate an exam and there was an old-fashioned clock at the front of the the hall rows and rows of desks 150 odd kids waiting to be uh you know do their exam and i had to explain to them how the hands of the clock worked so they could time their exam preparation they had like a two and a half hour exam and i had to explain that when the the big hand was was on the six it was half past the hour and when it went up to the 12 it was on the hour and jeremy yeah. i honestly couldn't believe i was telling 16 year old students that basic <laughs> idea <laughs> i want um, Alex found that that clip I was talking about. I wonder if I wonder if it's possible to to play that audio. Is it possible, Alex? No, I don't know. Uh, mm, he's not sure. Well, tell you what, let's go to a break anyway. Uh, John O'Sullivan, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jeremy. This is TNT. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost. 
the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Right. I've got cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears. Eyes. Would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands. Roll those sleeves and take a sample. And legs. Trot off to the doctor to get me looked at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early. Now look who's finally woken up. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. John, listen to this. Can you play that? Are you ready to play that clip, Alex? No, not yet. Okay, he's not ready yet. No, no. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Miss Teen Carolina or something. But my point is, uh, I just, I cannot understand how, how the system can, can successfully propagandize millions and millions of people into <sighs> shame i don't want to say stupidity but ignorance you know okay think of it like this john for how many decades have we been told that iran is the enemy it's got weapons of mass destruction john for how many decades have we been told that china is the enemy of the west and for how many decades have we been told that putin is lucifer you know and russia is the great evil the reality is probably and almost entirely the opposite. Yeah, I, I think not only that, Jeremy, got to remember that we're very lazy as a species. We like convenience. So again, we're mm. our own worst enemies. We do it with exercise, don't we? We like to sit in an armchair rather than go out to the gym. Um, we get fat and we get heart disease, uh, but we don't yes. care. And we use a smartphone rather than go and read a book. Um, and I can tell you for a fact, our brains are getting smaller. Uh, this is a scientific fact, Jeremy. Over the last 15 to 20,000 years, the brain capacity of the human skull has shrunk. And uh, the argument is, the theory being that uh, back in the day, 20,000 years ago, you had to know everything to survive. You were living in small communities and you had to be skilled at survival. You know, you had to be able to hunt, fish, you know, effectively do everything yourself. There was no communities as such. But as we've evolved communities, we delegate. We delegate everything now to the point now that, um, you know, as I said earlier, you, you're going on your computer. And I, and I know this myself because I've done it myself. I'm too lazy to, to change the tire on my car. I will literally go and phone up the guy from the breakdown recovery and he will come and change my tire. Because if mm. I'm wearing a suit or tie, I don't want to get myself wet or, or muddy on, on, on a busy street. So this is how we're going who reads a map anymore, Jeremy? I don't even own a map. Um, I wouldn't travel anywhere back in the day without a nice thick uh, road atlas. Today, Jeremy, if I've got my smartphone with me, I feel like I'm protected. 
But I tell you, I'm petrified when my battery dies on me. And I think I'm yeah. so lost. I'm so vulnerable. And I'm sure you might feel, feel the same. And then, you, and then you end up carrying a power bank with you. Yes, yes, exactly. And you, <laughs> just, in, just in case. <laughs> especially for someone like yourself, Jeremy, you get power cuts. We, I've not experienced a serious power cut since the, 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 the grim dark days of the 1970s with the coal miner strikes. We had mm. the three-day mm. week where, in effect, you could spend half the day in a complete blackout. And we had to go and buy my mother a main on the main shopping list would be candles. She'd be buying boxes and boxes of candles because we would be absolutely lost without candles. Um, we, we're so spoiled today, Jeremy. It's, it's incredible that yeah. we have this very cosseted mindset. Yeah, in South Africa, I'll tell you what, do you know what, what we had in the time uh, before candles? Electricity. <laughs> yeah it, it's shocking and murray murray back in the studio he said to me uh you know the problem in australia they had uh six days of blackouts you know it just shows you that uh infrastructure is vital and um one of the things that uh i they call me alarmist but i'm principally scientific we often post articles that identify coronal mass ejections you know where the sun actually belches out some plasma and uh, more often than not, that plasma never hits the Earth. But, you know, we're looking at a Carrington event. It's called a Carrington event, um, where if we do get a coronal mass ejection hitting the Earth, it's, it's game over. Every electrical system on the planet will be down and we will be back to the Stone Age. And yet we are kind of oblivious to that. And we've had a, one of these events before in the, in the mid 18, 1850s, you know, I think 1860 or something. Back then, they only had telegraphy, you know, basic telegraphs, and, and they all went down. Um, but if it happened today, Jeremy, we are screwed. Well, we down here can give you tips because uh, if we are having farming issues and uh, electricity issues, and I know that's coming your side of the world, then uh, we can we can we can make a, a nice little ten point guide how to how to survive Agenda Twenty Thirty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, I would urge anybody who, who really thinks that they can live very, very contentedly, you know, in their cosseted environment with their smartphones and their computers, just go and look up the Carrington event. And it was uh, happened on the 1st and 2nd of September, 1859. It was during solar cycle 10. And there was a strong aura from, from the sun. It hit Earth directly. And, mm. you know, we really have no preparation. We have all the 5G now, 5G masks everywhere. You know, super, super fast 5G, but nobody ever thinks, you know, a, a bit of investment in security. What if that system goes down? Um, you know, I, I'm just so baffled that people just don't want to realize that we don't we don't take the precautions, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, John, so I was telling you a moment ago about how the public schooling system absolutely in, indoctrinates and I think dumbs down. I actually think it dumbs down uh, people, right? Americans particularly. Take a listen to this. Thanks, Alex. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the US on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that US Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and 
I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> well, they, they, what's it saying about blondes, Jeremy? There is a saying. I mean, there's a stereotype there. It, it is shocking. Um, but again, give her, give her some credit, Jeremy. She's on the spotlight. You know, she's, she's. That isn't her main role, is it? I mean, the crazy thing is, compare her with Greta. There is a, there is an expert. Imagine it's Greta Thunberg. The words it's are just worse. coming out. <laughs> Watching her, Jeremy, she's like the prettier version of Greta Thunberg, who's the, the climate czar. You know, Greta Thunberg, you know, who's the dropout at 16, who, who mm. it, you know, became a world expert on CO2 emissions. She didn't even qualify from high school. Um, and people bow down to that as if that's kind of the icon for all our kind of intellectual thought and rigor. And yet anybody with uh, any real knowledge is kind of looked over. We're all very mm. shallow. I mean, we're all guilty of it, Jeremy. We're all very shallow. We tend to rely on, on, on presentation. Presentation today, the media advertising is so slick. You know, we all have to do it. Like I said to you, I, I've had to go to more video content on Principia Scientific because people want that. Um, you know, and if I don't do a very slick presentation, we're screwed. And, and same with TNT. We have to... We're all video now and we have to go that route, Jeremy, because that is what the public demand, partly because it's a dumbing down element, but also the technology is allowing it. So you're trying to find a happy medium, aren't you, I suppose? I I, I actually quite like um, that whole sort of digital nomad concept. I think it's um, it's a great it's a great piece of technology. I mean, technology is a tool, right? So it can be used for both good and bad. And I think the idea that you can well, obviously make a living uh, using digital is fantastic. Uh, but I mean, it's not going anywhere. So you might as well embrace it. And I think that's that's a very, very important thing. You were talking earlier about, you know, your cell phone battery, you know, uh, going flat and, and the fear. And it's weird because when my wife and I went away last year into the desert, we obviously had no signal for days on end. Do you know how liberating it actually is? Where you're forced, you're forced now to to wake up early in the morning as the sun rises. You've got no cell phone signal, and there's no sound of anything. It's just dead quiet, and it actually forces you to come back to reality. It forces you to to think about life uh, and and meaning and purpose. It's it's an incredible experience. Yeah, I also think another factor is we have too much abundance, too much choice. And again, we, we get anxiety, FOMO, fear of missing out because of the amount mm. of choice, the, the options we have. Uh, again, thinking back to my childhood when I had maybe three TV stations and there was always something worth watching. And and mm. you would walk away if there was nothing worth watching. You, you, you weren't bothered, Jeremy, because you had hobbies. But nobody has hobbies anymore. People are on social no. media. That is their hobby, yeah. isn't it? Social media, yeah. looking yeah. good, dressing up performing well i mean it's worse than that it's not even a hobby it's just it's just like this addiction and you just keep scrolling and i'll tell you what the social media companies know exactly how to do this the, i mean this whole thing about scrolling what's it re reels reels or shorts or whatever yeah. this yeah. stuff is highly addictive 
you just like watch something for 10 seconds and you scroll and then you watch the next and you watch the next and before you know it an hour has passed yeah yeah Another thing I want to chip in with, Jeremy, another concept I picked up uh, about past week or so is called main character syndrome. You may not have heard of the idea of main character syndrome. It's coming now um, into psychology parlance. Um, it's due to social media. Uh, main character syndrome is, it usually affects young women where on social media they create a new alternate persona and they feel like they're compelled to live out this persona. And that really is their matrix they really live in and they kind of love that matrix more than real life and they have mm. very very boring lives but however in social media they feel like they're the queen they feel like the superstar you know the ultra rich or the ultra successful and it is pure escapism it truly is going back to the film the matrix we are going down that uh, kind of route yeah now, aren't we yeah so th there's an interesting meta conversation happening right there i've had this this, this discussion a few times in the past, the idea of being distracted by sports and, uh, and entertainment and, and whatnot. So for example, a week ago, or just slightly less than a week ago, uh, I watched um, uh, Drikus Duplessis, otherwise known as Stillnox, uh, fight um, MMA for, uh, for the middleweight uh, champion. He fought against um, Sean Strickland. I don't know if you, if you know about that, 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 that UFC fight that could oh, last yeah, Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was brilliant. Uh, so obviously, well, obviously, no, not obviously, but Drickus won. So he's now the the world middleweight champion. Uh, and I got up early for that in the morning to watch, you know. And then people start leaving comments saying, uh, "This is a distraction." You know, it's bread and circuses. It's not. That's the thing. Human nature requires entertainment. The, uh, theater has been around since the ancient Greeks, you know, um, it's the bread and circuses is what happens when you become obsessed, when you no longer can do anything else, and then you are distracted. But the idea of sports and theater and other entertainment, if, if you had to remove that, you'd slit your wrists. Yeah, I think also there, there's no like safety net where uh, most of us now, as I said earlier, are fragmented. We live alone. We don't engage with other people in a family environment. You you wouldn't become obsessive. In, in, you wouldn't your family members would say, oh, come on, you're, you're getting too extreme. You know, you're becoming um, mm. totally addicted to something where now we don't have that kind of safety alarm system. Um, where you know, somebody living on their own, Jeremy, um, and I know my son did it. My son admits to it. He had to drop out for a year from university because mm -hmm. he got obsessed mm -hmm. with gaming. Um, you know, it can <laughs> get you that way. Gaming and online gaming is something that is so addictive. And uh, fortunately, my son turned it around and he woke up to that because it, it is so the whole thing <laughs> that we, we it's thrown at us now, isn't it? Look at the, the, yeah. the you know, smart TVs, um, you know, 5G, all out. that. Do you know that, John? Yeah. I also dropped out of varsity. I'm a varsity yeah, yeah. dropout. Yeah, I'm a varsity dropout. Yeah. And and you know what's really embarrassing is that I failed art. I mean, please explain to me who who fails art. Well, hi, uh, I failed art. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's, cra it's crazy. I mean, I actually passed mm. art. I was very fortunate. And I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I was very lucky. I'm, um, but again, I should never have been an artist because I, my brain is wired to be a scientist. I was the only member of my family who went into the arts. Every member of my family from my mother you know, all the way down is in STEM. Um, I was the odd one out and I went to art college and uh, I loved it mm. and I was very self-indulgent and I, I got a degree and I um, exhibited at the Royal Academy. 
But in my heart of hearts, Jeremy, again, going back to your point about instincts, deep down, I knew I was more scientifically minded. And over the years, I went back, reverted to type. Yeah. John, just as we coming in for the last few minutes, I see a comment here. Somebody uh, says, I uh, uh, being Welsh, I'm not terribly interested in the rest of the comment. What I am interested in is the fact that that person's Welsh. You don't often see Welsh people. And I, I must say some of the best bands You're are Welsh. Welsh. Manic Street Preachers. Uh, one, yeah, oh, yeah. Manic Street, for sure. And also Stereophonics. Yeah. Um, I want to give a great, shout out great to music. Wales. Man, I live in Wales. I've been living in Wales for 12 years on and off. I live uh, just north, of, just so west of Cardiff. I live in a town called Bridge End, and uh, I'm very happy here, Jeremy. Um, Are you there now? I, yeah, I'm there now. Uh, I normally Why did work, I work. I didn't think you were in Wales. For some reason, I thought you were actually in England. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I was based in London during the lockdown, Jeremy. My business was mm. located in London, but, but everybody working from home, there was no point in me maintaining a physical presence in London. So I thought, again, going back to the digital nomad concept, I thought, mm. I'll go and live somewhere cheaper that's more convenient for me. And, and South Wales, you may know about South Wales, but it's, it is cheaper. It's more depressed. It's not as uh, rich as the London area. So obviously, it's a good place to relocate if your budget is tighter. Uh, and I did uh, that. And yeah, and the Welsh have got a great rugby team. The thing, the thing that I struggle with with the Welsh, Welsh John, is I've got no idea what they're saying, right? Like no, I don't. They can they can say anything they want in English, and I'll just nod and smile. I don't know what they're saying. And no, I find no. I find the Welsh worse than the than the Scottish. The Scottish are pretty bad. Also, I don't know what they're saying half the time. Um, and then after that, I struggle with the uh, with the Aussies. M amazingly, I've I've grown to understand Alex, but uh, I kind of just read Alex's lips. I don't know what he's saying half the time, actually. <laughs> yeah, these Celtic languages are, are mind baffling. I mean, my father was very very strong cult, uh, Cork accent. I I never understood my father, Jeremy. You know, uh, again, these uh, the Ga the Gaelic languages. You know, Welsh, Irish, mm. Scottish. They have a very strong kind of accent and. Uh, but it's charming. I mean, it's uh, well known that the Irish accent is, is quite charming and women love it. I mean, I, I can fake a reasonable Irish accent, um, you know. So, again, these kind of exotic ideas when you go abroad, I think are going to play very well. And this is why a digital nomad lifestyle might, might suit me, Jeremy. <laughs> Time is running out now, John. So let's quickly promo your show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be hosting tomorrow afternoon, uh, Saturday, uh, Sky Dragon Slang. It, it starts at 9 a.m. Eastern to uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, It's uh, which is 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And on the show tomorrow, I've got Dr. Nisa Khan. Dr. Nisa Khan, first up, she's a world-leading expert in LED lighting. She was on the show about a year ago, um, blowing the whistle on the dangers of LED lights, saying they cause cancer. No tests have ever been done. Uh, it's a shocking scandal, and she's back again to give us an update on that situation. Jeez, I actually think I might listen to that, because that I, that I had no idea about. Should be good fun. Wow. Um, all right, John O'Sullivan, thank you for joining me in the trenches. And by the way, I just want to make you very jealous, John. Uh, it's now evening here. I think we're slightly ahead of you. My wife and I are going to be joining some uh, some extended family now this evening. We are going to a beautiful, beautiful farm, vineyards. Uh, they've got they've got a, a, a night market. The weather's beautiful. There's no wind. There's wine, uh, pizzas, all sorts of 
uh, stalls with, with, with food, delicious food. I hope you are extremely jealous. <laughs> I am. I'm so jealous. I've got to come and visit you, Jeremy. I promise you, I will come there. I will get to you one day. <laughs> All right, John, I'll catch you in two weeks' time. Uh, Thank you, do friend. send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live. I think that is pretty much me. I will catch you on uh, on Monday. By the way, next week, chatting to Larry Sanger, co-founder of Wikipedia. He's now speaking out against Wikipedia. Really looking forward to that conversation. But for now, on behalf of Joel, Alex, and myself, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Bye.